I definitely think it, well I think reflection when it's done properly is is quite um you become quite vulnerable and I think there's a saying that's going around a lot now is becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable You're listening to the NZPE TeacherCast, a podcast sharing some of the inspirational stories from amazing teachers and educators within New Zealand and around the world. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform supporting Kiwi teachers and students through NCEA. With automated self-grading quizzes after every video, My Study Series ensures students receive immediate feedback on their level of understanding. Check it out now at mystudyseries.co.nz. Kia ora everyone and welcome to episode 42 of the NZP Teacher Cast. I am here with an educator from Newlands College who is Head of Physical Education and Health and he's doing some really cool things uh, in a few different areas, particularly around um, how he reflects through the learning process with the students and the way he teaches. Um, his name is Chris Houston and he uh, has recently presented at Penn's conference down in Dunedin in July. Uh, so I thought it'd be a really good opportunity to get him along to the podcast and have a talk about some of the stuff that uh, he, he did at Penn's conference and also a little bit about uh, his school and some of the things he's doing there with his physical education students and teachers. So Chris, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, kia ora Carl. Thanks for having us um, online tonight. So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your teaching background and experience and a few tidbits about your school and the students you teach? Yep. Um, yeah, so I've been teaching, I think, health and PE now for about 10 years. Um, started um, trained down in um, Otago and then got my, got my first gig at my old school, Newlands, um, and taught there for five years um, before we decided uh, to uh, go and travel over to um, UK. And did the supply, um, supply, did supply of um, in London for a bit. So that was a, definitely a good, good challenge. Um, and was lucky enough that Newlands gave me two years leave, uh, which it, I think are still pro- pretty uncommon. Um, I think a lot of people get one year's leave, and um, the board approved for me to have the two off, and then came back and was just lucky to um, that at the current. That the head of PE that was in the role had got a job as a uh, AP at another college, and just walked into the the head of PE role. So I was, I think, really privileged to be in just the right time, the right place, and got to have a crack at um, head of head of department role um, in Wellington. And yeah, I've been doing that for four years. Uh, now and absolutely loving it, uh, loving the challenges, um, loving the chance to think and and develop and how we deliver our health and PE program to um, 
the students. So Newlands is a decile nine co-ed school in the northern suburbs of, of Wellington. It's often everyone doesn't really know where Newlands is. It's um, even within the Wellington schools when you're playing other schools, it's like, oh, where's Newlands? Oh, just up the gorge. Um, stuff. But it's a great little um, college, but probably about 900 to 1,000 kids. Uh, we're quite diverse in terms of the different ethnicities, um, which, yeah, is just a great place to be in. Just love it. You mentioned that when you, you came back and you stepped into the HOD role and you said it was a matter of kind of a little bit of being in the right place at the, at the right time. And I hear that I hear that used a lot and I've said it myself when I first started um, as HOD, but I think there was obviously something there that you were doing really well that was appreciated by your principal and your and your senior leaders who are prepared to put you in that position. So I think we often think that, but I think we should really take a little bit more, um, I don't know, not responsibility, but um, acknowledge the good things that you do. It's not just a matter of luck. So I bet you're doing some really cool stuff. And um, it sounds like that they uh, have done the right thing by getting you on board because of some of the things that I hear that you're doing over there. Um, so you know, that, I think that's really awesome. Uh, did you? How did you find the supply teaching in London? I, I hear that's pretty challenging from people that I've spoken to. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a good time. Um, I yeah had a, a a different experience. One of the the, the trainees, uh, one of the teachers I trained with was the uh, sort of the recruiter. So it was great because he just got us out in the country for about two days, and I was out working. Um, but he would just go, "All right, Chris. Uh, yep, I'm sending you to the school," and would just when I call him back at the end of the day to see how the, um, how it went, he'd just be cracking up just because he just knew he'd just send me to the, the top one of some of the toughest schools out there. Um, but, uh, it was good because you just, yeah, go in, just get some memories. And then it was, we were there just to, to travel. So it just was really good flexibility. And, um, but after that, uh, I got stuck with, not stuck with, but kept on getting requested back by this one particular, uh, high school and build up some really good connections there. And once you got ingrained, and once the students got to, to know who you were and what you're about, um, they started to, um, yeah, play along. And um, I think was, I, I still remember I just had a crazy um, time with the CS7 girls PE class. Um, and we were, ended up having, we were doing touch rugby and by the end of it, like it was just awesome seeing them string all these passes going all massive runs throughout um, when we were doing finishing up and it was just cool to see how stoked they were. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's awesome. It really challenges your, your teaching. Um, and it makes you, uh, definitely appreciate our, um, teaching in New Zealand. Um, yeah, and it's we are very very lucky with students. I think that we get and the opportunities that we, that we have in in New Zealand. For sure, for sure. Speaking of opportunities, uh, Penn's conference this year. You, you got to go down to Dunedin. What were your what were your key takeaways and and how did you how did you find getting up and presenting? Oh, uh, yeah, Penn's conference. It was it was awesome just to get back down to Dunedin. Um, I talked to uh, Celia Fleet. Um, we happened to be on the same shuttle, uh, and it just felt it felt like being back home. Um, studying down there hadn't been back uh, really that much since since studying. So just being back on the ground down there was just awesome. Um, awesome to touch base 
just with all all different educators uh obviously from listening to your your work um with with people and seeing the the, the work that the gear shed um team are, are doing and just getting to know people um through a number of years it's it's awesome just to see what people are doing and um how they're going through their journeys um I think probably f- for me the key takeaways. I really enjoyed um, the presentations from Dr. Alan Hill uh, and and Bees Tawaiti. Um, they both sort of talked about sort of a cultural responsive approach and um, bringing awareness to uh, Te Ao Māori, um, different perspectives. And uh, yeah, I really. It challenged me to to think about what does that look like for us at at Newlands College and how can we in, incorporate that more. So I didn't think I came away with any like immediate things, but some really big pictured um, stuff that we need to work towards improving um, our our different experiences. Um, yeah, so that was really cool. But I, and I really liked uh, the Play Dot Sport team um, with just their perspectives and their uh, what they're doing with working with primary schools. Um, so it's made me think a lot about how I can connect with our intermediate and our our feeder primary schools in in the Newlands area just to look at how are they delivering um, physical education and um, just. Yeah, help support um, the primary teachers um, with with PE and um, just build bit, better connections. So that that was probably the the big takeaways, um, and probably chewed uh, James McIntyre's ear off a bit at, at, on the hmm. on the uh, cafe crawl. Um, but that, yeah, that was that was really really good. Uh, presenting was was nerve wracking. I. Uh, yeah, probably nearly had a heart attack. I remember after the first the first session, day one, I looked at the rooms and they're all packed as. I was going, oh, I don't know if I'm up for this. Uh, I don't know if what I was presenting on was a bit too basic and that people wouldn't come away with anything. But I'm glad I did it in the end. I've, yeah, it's something that I've been um, thinking about a lot um, since returning from London is just challenging myself. Um, so it was an excellent challenge, and remember talking to you a while back, and and just got to yeah keep pushing yourself and trying new things. So that it was um, a worthwhile experience, um, and yeah, a few people have um, touched base afterwards, which is nice to ask about and um, how they could be implementing sort of the evidence based approach and reflectiveness into their into their programs, which is. Which is cool, you know, that at least one person has um, come away with something is, is that's all you really need. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good. And, and I had a bit of feedback about about your, your session and it was it was really positive. And I think what you mentioned there about um, about challenging yourself, like you, you said around your key takeaways, um, there are some thought-provoking moments and and i think those are really important to consider as as key takeaways and and learning in a in a, in a workshop in a conference that you can just challenge yourself to go away and think about it like you don't necessarily have to have something immediately actionable and like you talk about um people that attended your workshop you know maybe you've had one or two people contact you but 
as long as you're challenging people to step out of their comfort zone and um, maybe, I, I guess, question the way they do things and maybe try to, to build and layer some of the concepts that came out of your workshop, I think then, you know, you can call that a success. And um, I'm, I'm really stoked for you that you got up to present because um, I think it is rewarding and I think the community needs more people to, to step up and do that sort of thing because we like to just uh, hold back a little bit. And I think that's the Kiwi way, but, um, you know, these conferences and, and sessions, it, it's the educators, it's us that are providing the value there. So we need to make sure that we step forward and, um, and, and give stuff like that a shot. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really stoked for you. So, so good work. Hey, back in back in 2016, we we had a chat. I think it was down at Gasworks, maybe after the Inspired Leadership Leadership Conference um, at ASB. And you you mentioned you had this desire to go full practical PE in the senior school. Now we haven't really touched base since then, but I'm keen to hear if you managed to get this off the ground. But even if you didn't. I'd be keen as to hear your why and your justification around this, because obviously there's a lot of challenges there. Um, yeah, so the, the, I've had this idea of trying to take uh, our senior PE and make it more of uh, a practical-based approach where we taught the the theory in a, in a practical context. And I think it came from we had a group that normally we at Newlands, we've had a, an academic line and uh, a not, uh, just a slightly less academic line for students that um, maybe struggled with the, the high thinking um, and looking at the students that were, we didn't have enough to run both those, those courses. So it was a mix of students and looking at, at them, there was a, a lot of different people that I thought actually they from what I heard from the year 11 teachers that they really, really, really sporty. Um, they liked the movement side, the traditional sport aspect of, of PE. And I was trying to think what was going to be um, most helpful for them to be successful. So I thought, well, if we could take the the theory into 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 the practical and try and do it in a practical context, we could be onto a, onto a winner. So I, I know a lot of probably schools uh, that we have, we have four hours that so we traditionally done a two and two split, two practicals, two theories. Um, it also was at, at the same time when I think it was the first year of the My Study series. I think that's when you guys, uh, when you started that. Um, so I was like, right, I've got all this access to this awesome content. Um, let's let's give it a crack um it will free up the the um the theory time because all the content's there but it was probably it was a massive flop really um i just didn't know why it didn't it didn't click so i tried it for about the first probably term in a bit um and the yeah results were pretty pretty average i just struggled to get the the class to be to be submitting work um and half uh we just sat down halfway through and said what's what's going on guys like what's what am i doing what can i be doing more what do you guys need to be doing and we came back that they thought they actually just needed that class time to uh, to focus on different aspects so it was a bit of a shame because i thought it would if we could if i could have got it off the ground to it would have been um, awesome, um, but then I think they, they didn't really 
they found it hard. Well, they didn't find it hard, but they they didn't. I would try and use the videos out out of out of school time to to watch, but then they wouldn't. They weren't very good at at watching um, the videos at home. So then I was kind of chasing my tail, and then I just really struggled with to getting them to to discuss and have discussions around the what we were trying to um, learn. So. I definitely think it's still got merit. I think that's one of the awesome things of physical education is learning through that movement context. And if I just probably had to think a little bit more about how I was doing that um, and the learnings that we were were doing. So um, I think it's still something to try and move forward with at some stage, but just have to think a little bit more how I do that. Yeah, I think one of the challenges there and because I've gone down a similar path when I tried to implement passion projects with my students. And I, because exactly the same, there was lack of engagement, there was, I, I struggled, they weren't submitting work, they weren't um, on task. And I, I think we, we, we bring up our, our kids have this idea of education ingrained within them. And as soon as you step away from the status quo, I think they really struggle. And that's, I think that's something worth considering with our students that, you know, if, if, if we if we funnel them through this particular um, type of learning and, and approach to education, when they get out into the, into the world, they're going to, they're going to struggle. They're going to have a lack of resilience. Um, so I think they need to be challenged with approaches like this. And I think it's a big pat on the back for uh, you know giving it a go and you know you've, you've mentioned that it, it didn't really work but um, again reflecting and considering why that hasn't why that wasn't successful what could you have done different what could the students have done different um, where some of that accountability lay um, as long as again as long as you're able to do that then you can take stuff away from it um, but you know when, when you told me that I thought oh that that would be really challenging you know but um, you got in there and you got stuck in and you gave it a go. So, you know, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was It was good times. And maybe uh, coming forward, we tried to look at our junior program to, um, to bring in some more of the, the critical thinking into our junior program. So maybe once they've gone through a bit more and used to that way of, of learning, um, then it might be a little bit easier. So it might just be a, like a slow like planting that seed and, and developing it. So, yeah. yeah I, and I think that might be a good position to start too because, you know, the, the, the common complaint at year 11 is that the kids come in and they're like, what's, what's theory? What, what yeah. are we doing theory for? What's we're doing theory? health. What's well, we're doing business? health, sir. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like they, they think it's going to be an extension of the junior program where, well, there is some theory work in there. The majority of our junior programs are, are tasters and, 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 you know, trying everything and, very heavy practical based um but you you see a lot of um you see a lot of well alex spoke about it last week she talked about how um they bring in critical thinking in the junior school and they can do that with the practical sessions and stuff like that so by building that in in the junior school year nine and ten uh, making them familiar with in the middle of a practical session they can start considering some of these the theoretical concepts and and we as teachers we leverage those within those lessons then the next step to year 11 that might become a little bit easier but by say year 12 and 13 where they've had you know this style of education and grain they're probably less likely to adapt to it and embrace that 
kind of approach. Um, so yeah, definitely something worth considering. I mean, I think by focusing in, in within the junior school school and and focusing on that those theory concepts and and bringing them in, um, almost like um, uh, like just going overboard almost with it, so that um, they get this blended approach really of here's a practical and mashed in as all of this this theoretical work that links into the practical context. Um, so that's something worth considering moving forward. I think. Yeah, it's the it's the joys of of PE. I find it's just there's just so much stuff that you can try and bring in. It's just trying to figure out what is that, what are those key things, and so, yeah, it's un, it's hard to get that that right balance at times. Yeah, yeah, and I guess you ha- it has to be driven by your students and their needs. Um, and uh, you know, if you have a have a cohort that is um, struggling in the classroom, then that might be a really good approach. But if you have a cohort that comes through and they're they're champions in the classroom and um then you know they might not benefit from trying to have these concepts pushed during a practical session so um i think it, i think it has to be determined by the, the kids in front of you and, and what's best for them um, and if you can do that and, and that's your approach no matter what you do you're gonna you're gonna see some success there Re- reflection is clearly a big part of your teaching practice in already the couple of questions we've had um You've, you've demonstrated how reflective you are. Why do you feel this is an important practice to embrace? I, I yeah, I don't know what flicked the switch, but I think I I was just going through. I wasn't going through the motions. Like I was incre- incredibly passionate about what I was doing. I was trying to uh, do the best that I could for for my students to get the best results. But I just I think it came from just starting to to listen to people and their views about learning and in, in, in physical education. And I really liked uh, some of the ideas that uh, Nathan Horn um, blogged about um, around it's, it's not good enough to just simply do. Um, and we need to think and reflect on the action of, of the learning that's, that's occurring. Um, and like other, I think I, I used the quote in the presentation um, at, at Penns around um, from John John Dewey, and it was we don't learn from experience; we learn from reflecting on re- re- experience. Uh, so I think it just came about realizing the importance, getting trying to think about the importance of of what we're uh, what we're teaching, what we're learning, and getting students to the chance to really think about actually how am I going rather than just rocking on up having a, a good time and lesson and then just walking away um, I, so that's why I um, really think it is as important so they can take away and really reflect on how they are developing as as individuals and what are the what are their strengths and what are the areas are to to improve um, and from a like a teaching, I think it also came from a place of just wanting to improve, constantly trying to improve and better myself. And I think that's something that Andy Vasily, I'm a massive fan of um, Andy Vasily and was uh, super jealous um, that when you got the chance, you said you had the chance to, to meet him over at Connected PE. Um, and he, he talks a lot about... Uh, bettering ourselves to make us like so the best practitioners, to, so that we can provide the best opportunities for our for our learners, and putting ourselves out on that that knife edge and being prepared for uh, criticism to to improve. So I think that's why I, I 
I've, I've, I've started to place such an importance on this reflection is so that we can take steps to improve um, ourselves and the learning that's actually occurring in, in the classroom. Mm, I think that's really important. And um, yeah, Andy, Andy Vasily, he's a, he's a superstar. And um, I was, I was very privileged to get a little bit of time um, speaking to him at Connect to P in Dubai. So that was, that was a highlight there for me, but your, the reflection process, where and and how does how does that occur for you? Is it so? Is it like a daily thing, or is it weekly, or the, say the end of a unit or end of a term? How do you factor that in, and, and maybe also how do you factor it in with the kids? So yeah, so I think I, sometimes I probably over over overthink things. So there's some feedback um, that I sometimes get. Um, I'm always and it's even through my like the sporting side. I'm always looking to analyze too much but I, it might be every, every sort of lesson I'm just thinking about oh, how did that go uh, was that as effective as it, I'd like would I modify that for next time and I think we all do that um, in our, our practice but uh, yeah lessons at the end of um, the day what went well what didn't what didn't go well what, what would I modify for next time and then yeah end of unit um, reflections trying to get the students to give me feedback on on how they found the topic and I think they're starting to get better at being being honest and it's sometimes been a bit but ruthless um which is which is good uh and I think it's from a student's perspective I've started to try and build that more into the lesson and what that can look like whether it's through like walking talks around giving more students opportunities to discuss and think about their stuff rather than just having whole whole class uh discussions um whether it's yeah reflections that they're just uh giving of for their involvement of what we're trying to assess uh and whether it's through little little uh, sort of like exit card tasks um, but then also I've probably my department um, probably get a bit tired but I'm always loving a like a, a deep deep question um, and pondering things with the department whether it's just walking back to class or oh listen to this what do you think about that and challenging their ideas um, so I think it's 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 just ongoing through every everything um, but it's yeah just I don't know. I don't know if it, it, it ever stops. Um, it's probably not the clearest answer, but I just find I'm doing it all, all the time and starting to do that more with uh, each other's teaching as well. We might observe each other's lessons and ask them why we were doing that and um, what was the purpose and what we were hoping to get out of it and uh, and just get each other to think because it's, yeah, all have different perspectives of how things went. But yeah, I, I don't. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't. I don't think it would be the norm either. And I, th I you know, I don't have any data on that at all. It's just a, an absolute guess. But um, and just in my experience and, and some of the educators that I've spoken with, do you think? Do you think people are, are scared to kind of be challenged, and and maybe that's why they're not reflective. You know, they're scared of what they might find out about themselves. They're scared that what they're doing might need improvement or they might have to put in some extra work do you think there is a little bit of a, a reason why people might not reflect as much as they probably could yeah definitely i'd i'd 
I definitely think it, well, I think reflection when it's done properly is is quite um you become quite vulnerable and I think there's a saying that's going around a lot now is becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable and I quite like that and yeah I think it is we get to and I think sometimes teachers were a bit hypocritical with uh, some of the things that we do we expect our students to be learning in this way but then sometimes we don't put ourselves um, out there and but I'm really trying to start challenge. I've had an opportunity this year to start working with um, a wider range of staff at, at Newlands and really trying to put it out there that we need to challenge ourselves, each other more and ask ourselves these hard questions, each other hard questions about our practices and what we're doing and why we're doing it and how do you know, was it a, 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 around mainly that's coming from inquiry for us Um just so that it helps us to think rather than just going, oh, yeah, that's good, mate. Um, I don't know how effective that is, is just being nice and positive. And probably a lot of us, well, I don't know, it's, it's hard trying to, I think it's, it takes a, a bit of skill and takes time to try and figure out the right ways of doing things so it doesn't come across as um, really negative. But then it's also trying to change our mindset that it, uh, that, that it's all it's all bad. It's actually really really good because in the end it's going to make us those better better practitioners, better educators, which will make a better classroom for our learners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was fortunate enough a few years ago to um, spend a year on the Aspiring Principles program, and one of the things that we we went through there was and and we practiced it in depth was um, just one to one coaching. So working with uh, another educator. In a, in a coaching sense and kind and, and giving them feedback and trying to, um, uh, I, I guess, elicit from them uh, more, I'm trying to think of the word, kind of challenge their thoughts on things and, and get them building deeper answers and being able to verbalize a lot of what they're doing better. And it was this this whole coaching process that was actually quite, quite in-depth and quite hard to to do we actually needed a lot of training around it what questions to ask how you ask those questions how you challenge someone without beating them down saying oh that's no good you know but rather just encouraging them to to give you more so that their knowledge of the scenario or the context is developed as well and i think that's one of the challenges um, especially working with those people who are vulnerable to um, challenge what they're doing and get them thinking a little bit deeper but also making sure that they're safe and they're not uh, feeling like uh, you're coming down on them hard or what they're doing is wrong because um, I don't think anyone's doing anything wrong in the classroom, but there is also a lot of room for all of us to develop and build and do what we do better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Asking those right questions. And I think we also, all, and I don't know, maybe I'm starting to do more observations and from coaching as well, we sometimes just try and jump in and try to fix things ourselves, but we don't need to. Like it, sometimes it could just be an asking a question and get them to think. And I think that's that's helped me within my classroom is just really just waiting, uh, waiting, waiting, and waiting for for students to have that time to think about their responses rather than trying to jump in uh, with mm. with an answer. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, definitely something that I still haven't figured out, and the the best way of doing it, and 
still improving those those questioning skills. So that'd be awesome to find a place um, that had some of those good like coaching questions to yeah um, pull out the, the the deeper learning of our teaching and, and our practice. Yeah. Can you describe some of the tools that support you through the reflection process, both from a student and, and a teacher perspective? Yeah, um, so I don't know if I'm probably doing lots of little things. I'm, I've tr- over the last year tried um, a few different techni- um, ways of doing things. So I've, I presented it on at, at pens was mainly around the use of, of plickers. Um, so uh, for those uh, people that are not really know of Plickers, it's a, f- a free resource at uh, plickers.com and it's just a QR code and you pretty much, the way that you orientate the the plicker indicates an, an, an answer. Uh, so uh, really I think the original idea was that you would ask a question and the whole class would hold up their little cut, their card kind of A5 size ish. And you could scan the whole class and get feedback on un- understanding whether they've answered a question correctly and they're reducing the fear of put, uh, getting the right answer. Cause no one could really know which answer each student was um, answering with and kind of just move those into making them into magnets Um magnets so that they stick up on on whiteboards and making it a little bit easier for uh, us in in a, in a practical environment so i got that idea from the joey fight um canadian educator and um saw some stuff through mike Ginicola through the connected pe um sort of uh, pd um sessions so yeah I, they're they're probably the thing that i've been trying to use the most in an ongoing regular uh, classroom way of reflecting. So just just started with us trying to, we're trying to improve the use of knowledge and understanding of some of these key um, key terms. And in term, I think term two it was, we were looking at uh, gymnastics and basketball and we thought, uh, let's just pull it. We pulled out the ideas of, I think it was balance and stability and, Oh, what was it? Force formation. Um, so two things that we knew the year 11s would do if we started 1.2. And I was just going through answering lots of questions um, at the start of lessons. So kids would come in and answer a question based on what we'd kind of talked about in the previous lesson. So it was a, a good way for me to go, yeah, let's understand uh, basis support. It might have been an application question um, to a picture that I had put up and students had to put their response. Uh, so it was really a good way to go, oh, only like 25% understood that question. All right, there's a chance that I need to try to apply that a little bit more with a few different scenarios um, in, the, in the next session. So that was a really good way to get evidence of of where the student's understanding was was at. Uh, traditionally, probably just relied on a ask a few questions and one or two students would feedback the answer and I'd give myself that pat on the back and going, sweet, I've done an excellent job um, at, at teaching that that content. Uh, but it was, it's been really good to go, actually, yep, oh, cool, 80% know that. That's a good amount. Um, or we need to spend a little bit more time. It's been 
awesome as um i had just thought on the spot once where i think there was four or five kids just kind of got the the wrong idea and as we were leaving the lesson pulled them aside oh did you why did you put the answer and just clarified it and they left the um the session with a clearer understanding so it was a good chance to get feedback on that uh, also using them in we're trying to we've gone through a a, a values based approach through our junior program now so we are trying to assess them purely on uh, the core competencies, participating, contributing, um, and, for example, uh, relating to others. Um, for example, that's what we're doing this term. So I, I'm getting them to uh, reflect on how they've demonstrated those values in the lessons, and then I just record it. So I've, as I collect, it collects all the uh, it collects all their evidence, all their data that they're putting in, um, so I can pull it out and then go, sweet, they've got, and we've created rough values of what we would consider to be someone that's demonstrating it well um, or not so well, and they can, and then I also do that as well. So I'm giving them an individual grade every every lesson of zero. It They didn't do it well. One, yeah, they they did the, the value well, but nothing more than what's expected or two, they've done things really, really well. They've participated really, really well. They've tried really hard. They might've um, worked with someone else really, really well, or it could be a whole lot of different things and how that compares. So that's been a, a, a good way to start getting some data to see where people are at. Um, it's yeah always trying to think of different ways of 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 using them um to get more evidence i tried even using them from a um a student like a peer observation so before that they they had to they paired up with someone else it might have been a random allocation of who they were working with in a partner and they had to give their partner a grade same thing as you probably do on like self-reflection sheets, but they had to justify why they were giving that grade from some of the um, different points that we've talked about in the class. So yeah, that was, that's been an interesting journey trying to, to use, to use those uh, lots of trial and error. Um, Google forms. I've started to um, play around a lot more with those. Um, I've had a few, um, probably massive fails with um, shiny, is it the shiny syndrome, shiny shiny thing syndrome with technology in class. So, um, was super pumped uh, with my year tens this year to um, we're using. I'm a, a love a good spreadsheet um, and was listening to a lot of stuff through like Adam Laveau and how using Google Chrome apps and extensions and add-ons to sort of make speed things up. So use this so students would enter in all the stuff and then they're reflecting on it was creating all this other work but students were just like sir there's just not enough activity there's too much time so you're getting the computers out so i didn't really have the uh, that access right for them to be able to use it properly so that was good good feedback which the students gave me through just feedback through the use of google forms um and other add-ons like that um and then I've also started to use Seesaw a lot more um, 
more as a, a way of showcasing learning. It's used a lot with primary schools, um, but I thought it was a it was a good place to showcase with parents the learning and and getting students to reflect on what they'd done, or it might be an assessment and next steps, or it might have been their gymna- gymnastics dance sequence, gymnastic sequence that they got and allowed feedback from the parents to comment on it and reflect on the things that they thought they thought they did well um, and everything like that. I've never heard of Seesaw before um, and I, I just I just looked it up now and it, it seems like a really a really good way to um, yeah, get some get some um, school slash home connections going with the parents and being able to converse with them and have them involved in the learning process so um, that sounds like a really useful tool. And you know, I you you talked about pluckers um, that that got really popular maybe about four or five years ago, and then it's dropped right off. And at, at Pens, I was in one of the workshops, and um, nobody was that Shay Coxon from he was did it round yeah, based yeah. on Hawada, yeah, yeah. And there was only uh, two people put their hands up and and knew what um, what pluckers was. Yeah, and, um, like it's such a powerful tool, and it. Um, you know, it makes uh, access equitable. You know, they don't need a device to be able to contribute. They just hold up their plucker sign, and you, know, you can you can have it in anonymous, or you can assign mm. the students the different cards. I, I think it's a really powerful tool, particularly around reflection and and I guess determining um, the uptake of knowledge and where people sit as a bit of a you know a formative or summative assessment. I think it's quite a quite a unique tool. So, um, what, what I really like about what you're talking about is it all sounds authentic it doesn't seem like it's any of its token it's um you're actually using this reflective process well and it's real and meaningful and i think it, it sounds like the kids are going to take some good um some good knowledge or information away from this reflective process that's going to help them yeah that's that's the hope like um yeah it's it's trying to make it meaningful and and whether it's on their own learning and identifying stuff that they can um, improve on or I think that's that's the the key thing that we're trying to do is just to get them to really think of where they're at and their, and their next steps and and be fine with looking at the areas that they need to improve on um, and that's not a, um, a bad thing um, and getting comfortable with that but then also acknowledging the things that they do well like we said at the start i think we all probably underplay what we what we do uh, but really getting them and even us as teachers to go actually i'm doing that really really well um keep it up and, and yeah I, I think one of the challenges of reflective practice is the ability to i guess action any feed forward that comes about as as an outcome of that process, how do you ensure your reflection isn't just for the sake of reflecting, but has that meaningful application moving forward? Yeah, and I don't. I think that's that's made me think of it. Actually, how well are we doing that? And I'm I'm still probably don't really know the answer to that, but that I need to think of actually ways of how they using that. Um, feed forward uh i think the way that we're coming through i think kind of what i just mentioned in that last sort of answer was that it's all getting them to think about 
uh, what uh, having a better understanding of the things that they're doing well for themselves um, or the things that they they need to improve on and looking for that specific evidence um, so it's yeah getting them to think hard and then of what actually were the examples that they did in the class and then why that was the case and how did they know so that it's helping them to develop into that sort of a better person in society. If they can improve, they know that they can actually effectively can participate and contribute. And that's going to, it's going to help them in, in other lessons. It's going to help them when they, in their sports teams or with their whanau, uh, it's going to help them when they, they, they leave school. So I think that's, I think what we're really trying to focus on with it that it's it's a, it's a it's an ongoing um, ongoing reflection and improvement. It's not a uh, you you got it wrong. So I don't know if that makes it 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 easier in in the sense of the the values side of um, thing because it's all about. There's never going to be times when we are always a hundred percent well at doing those things. And I think. Um, it's just understanding that some days not so good, but why was that? Okay. Um, I don't know if that helps you identify patterns when things aren't going so well, um, then we can look to make things better. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Mm. This, yeah. Pretty, I found it pretty tricky to answer, but it was a good, good question to think about. No, I, I mean, it's, and, and you, I think your answer was good. And um, quite often what, what people when i've had guests on on the sh on the podcast they they say that, that just the process of going through and considering the questions that i that i give them is um is really good for them and the couple of times that i've been on a podcast as well i, I found there's been some really tough questions but those are things that i wouldn't have maybe considered if i hadn't been asked them so yeah um the process is, is quite good how do you feel an evidence-based approach has helped you in the classroom? So obviously a lot of what you do is based on, you know, that that knowledge that you gain from reflection and, and those sorts of approaches with your students. So how do, how do you feel that's impacted student outcomes and maybe even relationships that you have with the students? I think... I think the main thing it's it's just helping is just getting um, a better idea of what if we're being effective with what we're doing um, and challenging your judgment around that kind of like the idea of and I I used to do it and I probably still do I still do do it a lot is just think that we've had a good lesson um, because a few people participated or it looked like they were having fun but it's allowed you to have more evidence to go actually that was really really good because such and such did this or I can actually see that that was they were able to demonstrate that, that skill quite clearly from the use of feedback so I think it's just helped have thing, have a clearer picture of when things have gone well or when things haven't gone well which makes it um, helps for that next step for, from a teaching perspective um, of what to focus on. Um, yeah, and I'm, well, yeah, I think with the, a lot of this, what I had been trying to do is more with the the, the junior, uh, junior school. Uh, so I guess just, yeah, hopefully it's, it's, it's starting to help them develop a better like competency and confidence with using some of those, that, that language um, and understanding relationships. 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's it's helped me improve relationships with with my students. I, I feel it's it's something I've always had. Well, I, I feel like I have good relationship with my students, um, and whether I don't know, maybe it's the honesty that because of that evidence and the reflection and challenging each other. Um, maybe that helped does build that uh, relationship with the students as, as well. But mainly it's just, yeah, knowing actually whether you've done a good job or areas to, to improve on. That's good. I, I did wonder, <clears throat> I, I would have thought that if would this focus on reflective practice and having your students reflect and you reflecting on your work in the classroom, I, I wondered if that would have, helps build those relationships when the, the the students can see that you're going to this extra effort to kind of learn and, and know about them and, and what's driving them and um, and being a, a practitioner of that yourself I, I, I did wonder whether that would whether you'd comment on noticing that um, but it's interesting that you that you haven't um, but it sounds like you're in a position already where um, you have good relationships and I like you know earlier on in the podcast you mentioned you know often you'll be walking back with um, staff or students and, and you'll just pose these deep questions. And, um, you know, to be able to do that, you've got to have good relationships yeah. with your students. So it sounds like, um, you know, that's already really solid for you. As as we get closer to the end of the teaching year, and, it, man, it's just creeping up on flying, us. Flying, flying, scary. <laughs> I've got so much assessment yeah. through of my level threes. It's crazy. What do, what do you feel up to this point has been your biggest educational success or uh, maybe not? It doesn't have to be a success, but maybe your, your best takeaway or success of 2018. Yeah, I... I... I was having a really good think around my educational successes this year. I think I've, I've challenged myself a lot, uh, like within the professional development side of things to listen to more content, to try things in, in the classroom and, and challenge um, my, the people in my department and challenge myself. So putting myself out there to come on a, and reflect on a, on a podcast like this has been awesome to, uh, pens converse, uh, conference presenting for the first time. I, I had a, a, a five minute slot in a staff room. I think, yeah, my heart rate through the first time of having to do that this year was just through the roof. Like um, it was so that that's and from that personal sense. But I think probably the biggest I've had probably at the end of end of last year and this probably midway through this year probably have had probably my best two teaching moments. Um, and it comes back to those relationships. So this year, I had my I had my form class from five years five years ago. Five years ago, uh, they've been out of school four four or five years now. Um, so I saw them through from year nine to year thirteen. Five, and that's when I left. Um, so I saw them out, and I, I was in this position to work with all the year thirteens. And I just gave I think about I emailed about twelve ten of them. And said, oh, do you want to come back in and talk to our year thirteens about their experiences through the university and job experiences and trades experience? And, and all of them just jumped at the hat and said, yep, yeah, no worries, we'll be there. When do you want it? And I was really taken aback that people were they were keen to come and come back. They're all busy with with work, but at the, as soon as I put out the um, 
the questioner, can anyone give me a hand? They're all willing um, to do that. And the other, we had an ex-student who just was recently, last year, debuted for Scotland playing rugby. And I happened to be walking his back, talking to some of the rugby um, players at school and walked back in and they were showing a video up of him of his YouTube highlights. Um, and he just, as soon as it stopped, he just came up and said, Miss Houston, ah, and the first thing he talked about was the stuff that we did in PE. Um, oh, and that was probably, oh, yeah, six to eight years ago. Um, and it just was like, man, like this is, this is why you teach. It's these, these moments that you have with the people that you're working with day in, day out. And I think sometimes you don't realize the impact that you're actually having um, on um, the students every day. Um, and you forget, forget that. So it was really nice to have the people come back and just have a laugh and share the good times. And um, I think it just reinforces actually it's, yeah, you did a good job with building those connections if, to come back and remember those 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 moments. So it's probably not so much from the teaching uh, teachings in the classroom sense of uh, the learning, but well, it probably is. But I think that's probably been my biggest biggest thing that I get that warm fuzzy uh, um, thinking about that. Yeah, I, I, I like that, and you know, I think it, it says you know we've we've mentioned relationships quite a bit throughout. Um, this episode and I think it says a lot about you as as a leader and a teacher that um, that's something you obviously really value and it, it was definitely came through on that in your response then but having you know that means a lot to you that those students could drop everything and come back and, and that's awesome so mm. they obviously think back to their time uh, as, as a student at Newlands and um, they hold a whole lot of value there um, and they have some really positive memories for what you did with them so I think that's um, I think that's a really nice thing to consider as one of your successes of 2018 before we get to the last question is there anything I might have missed that you want to mention or is there anything you want to ask of me you've got a I've been pondering this a big big question um, and I think it's recently come from Red have you read the book uh, Spark no, what spark about? Spark, it's oh, I can't even remember the author. So it's a terrible, um, terrible. Um, I've got a terrible habit of telling terrible stories where I just go off with this one point and then it doesn't really come back to anything. But spark, it's it's all about the brain and exercise, um, and it's from this researcher and he just explains all the stuff that goes on John the brain. Ratey. John Ratey, John Ratey, yes, man. that's the man. Um, and he they talked in there about. Um, Naperville High um, of their approach to exercise and and their their program, and it it got me it got me thinking around what is the direction of health and physical education going to look like, and I was questioning would we ever be in a position where, and this is tough from like a head of head of department role where you're trying to look after your own um, sometimes area, um, which sometimes is maybe to the detriment of other big picture stuff of with the focus around well-being, with the focus of importance of, of exercise and, and an activity would what's yeah. What does that, what does that look like? Do we need to potentially break down our subject 
to allow us to spread our, our, I don't know, the value of our subjects further. Um, yeah, because I, I just wouldn't be interested in what you, what your views of how our subject can could go about I, it. I think, I think, yeah, I think we're going to go through some really tough times over the next twenty to thirty years. I, I think technology is going to play a, a big part in creating some challenges for our learning area, and I think we are going to see. Um, I mean, already we're seeing massive rates of obesity. Mm. We are seeing all these um, issues coming about, addiction to devices, um, and and we're only we're only really just touching the surface of of some of some of the things that are happening um, or that could happen, and it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So I, I think we're going to have a, a big uphill battle around um, our learning area, and I think we're going to see a big drop off. Um, in levels of physical activity from the students we teach. Um, and I think we are going to have to really think about um, what that next step for our, our learning area is and, and how we face these challenges, um, how we ensure that our society that is coming into our schools, our young people that are coming into our learning area, how we um, create these positive relationships with physical activity, how we continue to um, address some of some of those issues around technology and devices and, and well-being um, and digital citizenship and all of that. Um, I think if we can get a, a grasp or, or get a good um, grip of some of those issues and how to address them, then I think we can start focusing on some of those mm -hmm. other things you mentioned in that question. But I, I think... In the next twenty to thirty years, I think we're going to have some big problems in that in that space that technology brings, and that is going to, um, you know, that is going to consume a, a lot of what we do. I feel. I, I think. I don't know if this answers your question, but that's the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, how how do we position our our learning area? Well, I think before we can do all that, we're going to have to address some of these these big, yeah, um, big things coming through and. It's pretty scary. I mean, it's pretty scary. And there's potential that, um, you know, like in, in 20, 30 years' time, we, classrooms might not even exist the way they exist. You know, all of this could be happening online, um, you know, and, and, and this, isn't a, this isn't a positive thing, you know, because relationships are so important within education and what we do, especially in our learning area. And, and I'd hate to see education be all online but there's the potential for it to, to go that way you know for, for people to try to scale good teaching and have um you know the best teachers in front of all of the kids um yeah there's lots of lots of things that are going to happen that are scary um that are going to challenge us as physical educators and you know i, I I'm, I'm kind of happy that i might not be around to see all of <laughs> change our learning but then i'm kind of sad that I might not be able to help with those challenges because I might not be still teaching them. You know, that's this could be in 40 years' time. And if I'm still teaching <laughs> to you as, as a 78-year-old, 70, we're, we're all in trouble. Um, but, yeah, I, I think those are the things that we're going to have to consider first. 
I mean, look at look at our suicide rates of, of our youth. I mean, it's, oh, it's so scary. So it was a double. So I heard it was double double the the um the road road death toll. I heard someone insane. saying it's insane. Yeah, mm. and and it's and that's not just all of these things are not just PE issues. I mean, it's that's education, but um, I, I think we we can position ourselves in in a way to um, really address some of these issues. Um, because that's, I mean, a lot of that stuff is the stuff we do well. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So I don't think I really answered your question well, but I, I, yeah, I just feel that there's, we've got a tough road ahead of us and teaching's already hard enough and we're already seeing good teachers leave. Yeah. And it's, it's just going to get yeah, harder it's, and harder. It's, uh, it's going to be tricky. It's going to be tricky. <laughs> so um, my last question for you, what's the best piece of educational professional learning or teaching tip? you've received this year and how has it impacted you? I think the biggest piece of like PR was just again, it's the reinforcement of getting to connect with people. Um, it's yeah, it's just, and technology's been awesome for that. And I think it's been a common theme across a lot of people that you've talked to is whether it's Twitter, whether it's, it's just allowing you to see what people are doing and get help. Like I, I had a, a, a situation where you talked to um, Andy Milne um, and he just, Yep. so willing just to help. Like I find him a few questions around his, how he was t- approaching his health around a topic that we were covering around. And he was just keen as to go, yep. We were just throwing ideas back and forward. Like that's, that's so cool. Like the, 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 the gear shed guys, like I've thrown a number of questions up there and you just like within a day, you've got a number of comments with people offering ideas or, Oh yeah, I'll throw you this. Uh, and it's, that's, the power of that is so good, um, and I just get excited with the uh, the chance to do more of that, and hope that there's plenty more opportunity to connect with all the great educators uh, around New Zealand and around the world. Yeah, I think that's that, that's probably one of the, the best things that technology has opened up for us. I think in education is that ability to. Um, and it brings me back to, I mentioned I was on the Aspiring Principles program. I think that was back in 2014. And, and that's not even that long ago. And we were having some at one of their conferences. They were discussing these, um, how how networking with other educators and your relationships with other educators is going gonna, is gonna to be really different. And we couldn't even envisage it back then. But, you know, the ability to just go throw out some questions and have you know, in a day, you might have 800 physical educators on the gear shed see yeah. your question and be able to contribute to it. Um, you can reach out to Andy Milne on the other side of the world and have, you know, a free-flying conversation about some of the things that he does within a different curriculum, within a different culture of learners. And you can take some of that stuff and implement it here with your students. I mean, that that stuff to me is, is fascinating. And I, I think... Um, yeah, I, I think, I just think it's really cool that we can do that. And that's why I started this podcast, because I think as Kiwis, we tend to hold on to what we know and we'd like to protect it. Um, but you you can't be really successful as a society if everybody's doing that. We need people to share their stories and be more open with what knowledge they have and can add to that 
society or that community. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's really cool that you that you noted that. Um, and I just want to take this opportunity to um, to thank you for giving up some time to come on board and, and have a chat. I, I wasn't too sure where this the direction of this would go, but I think it's very clear around a lot of what you're doing that. Um, the big emphasis seems to be on um, improving yourself, um, improving your students, and building relationships. And that's um, that's that's a solid position to be in. And um, you know that's really inspiring for me to think about the relationships that I have with my students and how quite often it's really easy being in teaching for you know going on fourteen years now to just sit back and take the easy path. Yeah. Well, maybe I need to just spend a bit more time reflecting on what went well, what what didn't go so well, and how I can develop that for my for my future lessons. Um, because I do I do challenge, I do struggle with that quite a bit. So you've you've given me something to think about moving forward. Um, so yeah, I just really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no worries. Eh? It was um, yeah, I've really enjoyed uh, listening to all the different uh, people that you've uh, talked to. Um, so love I love. As a kind of a side note, I love the the startup tunes as well. Just when I hear the the tunes starting to bounce through before the podcast, whether it's on a run or um, it's yeah, just love the people you're talking to and loving the story. So just yeah, thank you for having a platform to allow people to share. It's it's awesome and keep it up. All right, hey, thanks for that, Chris. No worries. <laughs>